0: services firm because we had that that technology tilt to what we were doing so you know we we got an offer we couldn't refuse honestly we got an offer that was more than we ever expected and it it made us really question like we started getting unsolicited offers and that really made us say wow should we consider exiting and and we we went down that path and, and we went through a marketing process just like you would with an apartment building and, uh, and it just made sense. It made sense for everybody. It made sense for where all the partners wanted to be.
1: What a year 2020 was 2021 is here. And I hope you're hitting the ground running. I know we are here at dwelling. We've just got a deal on the contract. We're going to be closing on soon for those that have joined us on that deal. Um, you know what I'm talking about. If you are saying, what am I talking about? then you need to take your investing game to the next level in this year. So make sure you join the Dwelling deal list, an exclusive deal list. Um, Not only do you get access to our deals quickly, but you also get tips and tricks about how you can take your your investing game to the next level this year. So if you are not on the Dwelling deal list, click on the link in the show notes or just go to dwelling.com um, that's D W E L L Y N N dot com or just go to investwithola.com and just sign up. Sign up, sign up, sign up. Thank you so much for joining us on the Dwelling Show. I'm your host, Ola Dantes. I've got an incredible, legendary guest with us today, Kent Rita. <laughs> hey Kent, how's it going, man?
0: Hey, Ola, how are you, man? It's great to see you.
1: Yeah, lovely to see. I think we were just talking before we hit recording. Yeah, we met a couple of years ago. So yeah, always nice to kind of just reconnect, um, kind of see, you know, how far you've, you've come since the last time we talked. So yeah, really looking forward to diving into this. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I'm looking forward to, to sharing the story, man.
1: Let's share the story all the way. So just kind of tell the folks, you know, who you are, um, kind of what you've been up to lately, actually, and kind of what you do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, so as Ola said, my name is Kent Ritter and uh, I syndicate apartment buildings. I I focus primarily in the Midwest and uh, really I started out my career as a management consultant and spent about 12 years uh, in that line of work really helping large companies solve big problems. And, you know, that was just a great experience on, you know, how do you make a business successful, but, but like even more on like, like, like what not to do, right? Cause like nobody called us when things were going well. So I got, to, I got to get a lot of examples of things you don't want to do in your business. And I, I think I, I carry that forward now as I, you know, have my, my own investing business. And as we're, we're, we're syndicating these apartments and, um, you know, about, About seven years into that career as a management consultant, I I left the firm I was at with a few partners to start our own business. We started our own boutique uh, consulting firm. We ran that for for five years and grew that to about thirty million in revenue with ninety five employees. And then decided it was it was the right time to exit. And uh, and that was about that was two thousand fifteen. Now it's uh, man, it's getting getting out there. Twenty twenty one but that really started my real estate career because I, I had this capital from the sale of the company. I knew I didn't want to have all my eggs in one basket in the stock market. So I started looking for alternative investments and, you know, wanted to find something that that would preserve my capital, but but also grow it at the same time. And so I, as I started researching different, you know, different things to invest in, real estate just really stuck out for, for all the benefits um, that it provides, which is many. And then, as I continued to educate myself and and found some great mentors, they really led me into multifamily. I fell in love with the space, uh, started out investing passively uh, to really learn the ropes. And then, you know, as, I, as my knowledge and confidence built up, then uh, I moved to start actively syndicating my own deals in in, in uh, 2019. And uh, the rest is history. We've been rolling since then. So, um, yeah, it's really kind of a, a second career for me, if you will. Uh, I didn't really expect it, but I just found this passion for real estate and I, I really enjoy the process. And I love, I love this idea of syndication where you can, you know, I can pull my money together with others and I can bring everybody else along and we can all build wealth together. And it's just been a, it's been a great ride The past, uh, you know, year and a half or so since we've been, we've been going active full time.
1: Wow, there's just so many things that you said that I I definitely want to touch on. Um, So you you worked in a, you know, I'm guessing one of the big fours. As a management consultant, you kind of learned, you know, how businesses work, how you could scale businesses, and then you left, did your own thing, did really well, then exited. So I want to kind of Break, break those down a little bit into, you know, digestible sure. funks, I guess. So how did you guys grow that business though? I mean, uh, it's not a joke just to, to grow a business to 95 employees over that, you know, spam of time. So how did you guys do that? So that's number one question. And then yeah, why, well, exit? why, why exit if you guys were crushing it?
0: Well, well that's an easy question. That's an easy answer. We got an offer we couldn't refuse. Right. Um, so you know, but but I'll start at the beginning. So so the way that we grew it was well one, uh, and, and I, I I take I took this for granted at the time was we had a we had a great partnership, um, a really strong partnership, and, and everybody had complementary skills. Everybody was able to own their own swim lanes, and because of that, we were able to to grow very rapidly you know because because everybody was strong enough to kind of stand on their own and and own their own piece of it and and we all just got along we're we're all we were all friends we're all still friends today even though we're, we're out doing different ventures now but uh that partnership i mean was critical and and i really did take for granted at the time like like how rare that can be to just have such a strong partnership right but so then uh so some of it, and then some of it, I mean, I can't say it was all us. I mean, we hit the market at the exact right time. So really what we were, <clears throat> the reason that we left the, the, the firm that we were at was because we, we were down in the trenches. We saw the market taking, taking a right turn and, and we saw the direction of our company continuing to go straight. Right. And continuing to kind of continue to do the old, the old way. And we said, hey, you know, this old way is not going to work because the way that technology is advancing, everybody's going, everybody's turning right. Right. So if we don't turn right, like we're going to get left behind. So we we essentially left um and to focus on these new technologies that we're developing and get really good at helping companies implement them. We didn't actually do the implementation, but we did. Like the, we were like the kind of the CFO and and the CIOs like right hand as they go through these major implementations to make sure that they were making the right, they were preparing financially and also for the organizational change that needed to happen. So, so we got really good at this and we were able to just rinse and repeat this model. Um, And, you know, in in creating those systems, we're able to scale so quickly. I think I think so I think the the, the success was we, we really niched down into a specific thing we got really good at that and we, we just rinsed and repeated it and then and we caught the market at the time where the technology was just exploding and extremely relevant so there was that we caught that growth curve and I think that's what allowed us you know the good partnership and the things that we did but also I mean you can't knock market timing and uh, and and that really helped us grow and then we we got to the point uh where you know we so there's there's like a sweet there's a sweet spot with companies right where you know if if you're too small you can't get a good enough valuation because you really don't have the track record and kind of infrastructure there right to really plug into a larger business um and if you get too big then the the buyer pool really decreases because there's only so many companies that, that can pay that much right so we were you know we were kind of right in that sweet spot from a size standpoint and we, we were just offered a multiple on our business that was, you know, about two times what you would typically get for a professional services firm because we had that, that technology tilt to what we were doing. So, you know, we, we got an offer we couldn't refuse, honestly. We got an offer that was more than we ever expected. And it, it made us really question, like we started getting unsolicited offers and that really made us say, wow, should we consider exiting? And, and we, we went down that path and, and we went through a marketing process, just like you would with an apartment building. And, uh, and it just made sense. It made sense for everybody. It made sense for where all the partners wanted to be. Uh, you know, many of us had, had, had grown families at the same time as we were growing the business and, uh, in the business that we were in, you're on the road all the time, constantly traveling. So there was kind of a desire for better work-life balance. And, uh, and like I said, just, just, you know, you, you shouldn't turn down the, those great offers, those don't come along, you know, so many times in your life. So we took advantage of it. Man,
1: that is such an amazing story. And uh, my master's degree um, is actually in strategic marketing and consulting. So, you know, most of my, you know, my, my, my friends for my master's degree, you know, I've gone on to work for Accenture, PwC, you know, yeah. Pmg, Yeah. You know, so yeah, that was the path I was supposed to go on, but I, I took a, a, a different time so, it's just absolutely fascinating. I still have my friend. She works at Accenture and she's in India today yep. and she's in yep. another country on Facebook. So I, yeah,
0: it's, it's actually I still it's, have a lot of those friends too, man. I got a lot of those friends. A lot of them are invested in my deals now. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and asking, man, like, like what are you doing? Because like, <laughs> you know, when you leave that, uh, when you leave a job that is, you know, a higher mid to higher six figures, depending on, on the year and the bonuses, people look at you and say, what the hell are you doing? Like, like, why are you, why are you walking away? Um, cause the way it works, like when you sell a company, you don't just get to like walk away. Like you have, you have an earn out where like, they want you to like provide value now that, now that they've bought you. Right. So you have a time period where you're, where you're working there. And, uh, you know, the, all those people that thought I was crazy now are, tr- are coming back and a lot of them are investing in our deals and it's just, it's great to see. But, uh, I mean, yeah. I, what I'll tell you is you, you, you absolutely made the right choice. I mean, what I would tell myself if I could start all over again was quit screwing around with the consulting, just start buying real estate. You right, know, I would started I love that it. when I was 22. Yeah, uh, God, I'd be a hundred times farther than I am now.
1: Right. I know. If I, if I read the rich dad Poor that book when I was 19, yeah, I would be, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. But anyway, you know, I want us to kind of pivot to to real estate. Um, So love that story up until the point. So when did you actually started buying real estate? What was your first deal? How did you find that deal? And how did you fund that deal?
0: Yeah. So so my my first deal, like my first foray in, into real estate, uh, was actually on the debt side, doing uh, you know private lending and, uh, and and building up a note portfolio. So I was selling houses on contract and and creating that uh, a portfolio of of mortgages essentially, right, or, or notes. And uh, so I was owning the debt on these houses, and um, you know I had because that was that was like a family friend was doing that strategy, and so that was kind of just got onto them. They taught me and started doing it. Well, I, one day, um, not long, probably, God, probably like six months in, um, one of the, one of the houses that I owned the debt on, uh, sold and, and I get the HUD statement cause I, cause I'm the lender. Right. And the house had doubled in value. And that per that person had, you know, they, what they bought it for 70 and like sold it for one forty, And I was like, Oh my gosh, I look at this. This is crazy. And all I'm doing is getting my loan paid back. I'm like, this guy is, is making a killing. I was like, all right, I, need, I have to start buying assets. Like I, I need to be on the other side of this. So, um, so that's really what set me like uh, continued to set me on the right path. Um, and, and in that time, I was continuing to research, kind of realizing that, that, that multifamily really was going to be the best strategy to scale to the level I wanted to, because I started doing the math on on single families. Cause like, you know what you're exposed to. Right. And the only, like I knew a guy that was doing this debt strategy and, and the, all the other people I knew that were in real estate were like, they owned a couple single families and they were their own landlords. Right. So like, that's what I thought investing in real estate was. So as I started to educate myself, you learn about multifamily and, and you're like, man, this, this is the way to go because this is the only way to scale to like, get to where I want to be financially. And uh, so I started out passively investing with others because I recognized that there was a lot that that I didn't know. I mean, I, I was I was new to real estate at the time, and and there was a lot that I I probably didn't even know I didn't know, right? So I wanted to continue to learn. So I invested in ten deals in two thousand sixteen passively. Did um, you say ten? Ten, yeah. So I wow. spread my you know spread capital across ten different deals, and I did that because I wanted to have exposure to different sponsors, different geographies. I wanted to get a feel for how people operated. And, and I, I knew that, you know, different sponsors had different styles and I wanted to see what I liked and what I didn't like, you know? So I was able to take that experience, um, and the learning from all that. And, and, and I'm sure I was a pretty annoying passive investor. Cause I asked a lot of questions, right? Cause I was like, why are you doing this type of debt? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Right. Cause I wanted to learn because I always had this vision that I wanted to, to do it on my own. I just felt like I needed to, to build up my education before, before I took on other people's money. I mean, I just I took that very seriously. So, so I did that, and so from 16 to 19, that's really what I was doing was doing you know passive, did additional passive investments. Um, so I was doing some other some other stuff on the on on the side, some other real estate things, but really mainly passive investing, using that to learn, going to conferences, listen to podcasts, reading books, and you know doing a couple of mentorship programs. And I got to the point where. I was like, man, the stuff I'm hearing at these conferences, like, I already know, you know, the stuff I'm hearing the syndicators say, like, it all makes sense to me. Um, I can see the strategies that work and don't work. Um, and so I got to the point where I had the confidence to say, you know, I can do this on my own. I know I can do this well. I know my consulting background prepares me to manage change and manage projects and really do what's required. Uh, to to make a syndication successful and communicate well along the way, which is like the center of everything. So so that was really how I moved in, into actively syndicating deals.
1: Awesome, um, I really love that. So you you had all these kind of deals going on, um, you know, kind of the ten deals, which I think is absolutely fascinating. Um, and then you were like, I'm ready to go do my own thing. So when you made yeah. that decision, what was the I guess that the main your main strategy because now you've got all these tactics, right? From different indicator yeah. you were doing your own self learning, but what was your kind of trick to make that jump from just being on the LP side to becoming a GP?
0: Yeah, I mean really the the trick was was again good partnership. So I had uh, through through that time, right, I, I've been, I had built a lot of relationships with, with different sponsors. i had been doing a ton of networking, going to probably 10, 12 real estate conferences a year, just trying to build my network and meet people. and And I met some folks that I just I really resonated with. Right, I felt like we we thought the same way. We were, we were going after the same type of real estate. Um, wanted to follow the same model. All the, all these things just kind of just fit. So, um, and they were a little farther down the path than me. They, uh, especially a couple of the guys had done, uh, I think, I think two syndications at that point. So they had some experience under their belt. So we decided to partner together on a deal. And, and again, I was able to, to continue learning. Right. But now I'm, now I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say I was in the driver's seat, but I'm sitting shotgun. Right. So we're there, we're, we're making, you know, I'm helping with asset management and underwriting, making decisions and raising capital and investor relations and kind of getting that experience in my first deal. And so really, yeah, the, this, the, the secret was just again, another great partnership that got me to that next level. And then, and then, and then it just, yeah, it kind of continues from there.
1: All right, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's jump into a case study. <laughs> so, you know, what what was the very first deal that you were an actual GP? Um, kind of walk me through that process. How did you guys, you know, find the deal um, in terms of like deal sourcing? Um, how did you guys, you know, raise the equity? Um, how's the yeah, deal so, right now?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, the, so the first deal it was in Atlanta, Georgia. It was uh, actually just northeast suburbs of Atlanta, and. Um, you know, we found the deal through a broker relationship of one of the partners who who was who down there local, and had uh, the broker relationship through a previous uh, purchase, um, and so it was uh, a it was a kind of a you know off market or kind of pre pre market deal, right? Um, wasn't widely marketed. We were able to come in and we were able to purchase a portfolio. So we bought two properties. Um, at 250 units total is 100 unit building and 150 unit building about 20 minutes or so from each other. And uh, both kind of what we were looking for class B properties, um, you know, one was built in the 80s, mid 80s, one was built in uh, the early 2000s. So fairly new product from a multifamily standpoint and and just in great markets with really high growth and and high uh, median incomes and and that's one of the things that you want to look for when when you're looking for apartments i mean depending on your strategy but the these apartments really would be marketed to kind of entry-level white collar jobs if you if if you kind of how i would describe it and so we felt like that was a really like a really good demographic a really strong place to be and um and we were able to get get you know, a fairly good deal on the properties. And and so that was 2009, as everybody, sorry, 19. As we know from there, um, you know, we so we, what we did was we came in and we did what I call kind of a light value add. So we, we improved the interiors, we improved a little bit of the exterior, but the exteriors weren't bad because they're fairly new. There wasn't a lot of deferred maintenance. So we're really able to focus on the interiors, really modernizing, improving the management, improving the marketing. And so, and through that, we've been able to, um, you know, raise rents considerably. We've been able to increase our, our NOIs. I mean, on one property, we've had about a 30% NOI increase on the other property, about a 20% NOI increase. And, um, and and actually now we've, uh, we've actually decided to, to, again, we've, we took it to market. We got great offers and we decided to uh, exit the properties early um, ahead of the business plan. The, the hold period is going to be five years. We're going to sell right about two years just because of the value that we've already created. We, we can hit our returns that we promised the investors in, a, in just a, a truncated timeline. So again, it's like you get a deal that you, that, that you can't, you get an offer you can't refuse. You know, Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Take it, chalk up the win and, and move on
1: how was the equity raising for you guys? I think, um, you know, for those listening to this people that listen to podcasts are for the most part that are trying to start right in this game, yeah. it's not, you know, the big guys, the, you know, so for someone trying to do this and trying to figure out how to raise equity, you know, how did you guys go about doing that? What are your tips and tricks? Um, to, to, cause I'm guessing this is probably a 250 unit deal in Atlanta, Georgia, you know, 80s vintage, probably you uh, somewhere between 80 to maybe 120k a door. So this is not a this is a big deal, right? So the equity. Is probably- yeah,
0: we we needed to raise. Yeah, we needed to raise about eight million dollars for the deal, and and we split that up between kind of four four groups of partners, if you will, um, and and distributed that, and um, you know we had. Uh, and so we just split it up and we went out and started raising and, and some of the, you know, a couple of the partners, like I said, were farther down the line. They had larger networks than me. So they had bigger chunks and they brought that money in. Uh, I was really just starting, right, to, to raise my own money. And so it, it was, again, a, a great learning experience. Um, I, I'd say I I didn't meet the goal of how much I thought that I could raise, uh, to be honest. And I, I underestimated what I underestimated was the the need to change people's perspective of, of who you are. So if so people didn't view me as a real estate expert, right? People viewed me as a high school buddy or a college buddy or a fraternity brother or a consulting coworker or or or, or a consultant or uh, you know as so a client yeah, right, this is right. So they good. they viewed they viewed me in all these different ways none of those were real estate professional right and so and and so what i underestimated was the need to do the work up front to really put out the thought leadership and and just and talk to people about what i'm doing and explain the process and kind of warm people up to this idea before you come and say hey got this great deal you should invest in it right so so i think looking back i should have started six months ahead of time, year ahead of time, just as soon as I knew, just talking to people about what it starts with just talking about what you're doing. Because the more you talk about it, the more people hear it, the more they're going to start to associate you with that. And then once you actually start to have some success, you'll really see the tables start to flip. Because, you know, at the beginning, I got a lot of well, let's see how it goes. You know, maybe I'll be in on your next one type of thing. Right. Now that I've had some success now that we're on deal really five, it's, Hey, Hey, tell me more about what you're doing again. Hey, Hey, can I get on? So, so, you know, you start to have kind of this wave of of people start to come in as, as you build track record, but, but that was really the thing. And, um, yeah, so I just, I underestimated that because that I wasn't able to, to meet the goal, uh, of, of how much I wanted to raise. I mean, I raised a decent amount, but it it wasn't what I wanted to achieve. And, but, but that again, like with everything, it's a great lesson learned. So what did I do? I, I doubled down on the thought leadership. You know, I, I started really talking about it. I started a local meetup and a networking event. I, um, and really started just intentionally reaching out to just tell people what I was doing and, and talk about the process and get people warmed up to the idea. Because what I found was a lot of people are just, I, I call it kind of uh, like perceived risk through ignorance. And it's, it's because people are not familiar with investing in real estate. Right for the most part. And if they are, it's probably like me where they know somebody that's like their own landlord. And, and those people just bitch and complain all the time about their tenants and the toilets and the termites and stuff. Right. So it's like never a good experience. And so that's people's perception. So you have to explain to them one, like the benefit, like before you start talking about your deal, what I found was, you know, I need to convince people that they should be investing in real estate. And then I need to convince them they should be investing in multifamily real estate. Then I should be, I should, I need to convince them that they need to invest in multifamily real estate with me. And only then can I tell them about the deal. Right. So it, it's a process that you have to go through to to get people to the point where. Um, and many times they can kind of get out of their own way because they, they just aren't familiar with the process. And like, to me, when I heard about like real estate syndication, especially like, it was like a light bulb went off in my head. I considered myself a pretty savvy investor. I was an active stock investor. I mean, I was a finance major in college. I focused on investing, but I had never heard about this type of investment. So when there's a light bulb, went, I'm like, oh my God, you can get cash flow and you can get appreciation and you get tax savings, you get all these things. Like that, that was why I was like, man, I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to just doing these deals and building wealth in this way, right? Um, but but not everybody kind of kind of has the same maybe risk tolerance or or the same drive to to go and do that, right? So you got to kind of help people along. You got to help them along and explain the process and explain the benefits and, and the relative safety and and uh, and if you can do that well, then I think you'll have you'll have plenty of people that want to invest. What I've found now is. It's not about selling to people like nobody wants to be sold to really what I try to do is I just, I try to educate. And what I found is if I can educate in the right way and, and remove the barriers of, of their own limiting beliefs, then, then just like me, it becomes a no brainer. It's like, wow, yes, of course I should be doing this.
1: Yeah. No, I, like, yeah, you, I, I sound like you, you sound like me. Like that's exactly like everything you've said. It's like, especially the equity piece. Like people reach out to me all the time and they say, Oh, you know, I can raise a million dollars. I'm like, you don't know yet until you know. <laughs> and sometimes yeah, until yeah. you know, it might be too late.
0: <laughs> you don't know until you've done it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's harder than people think it really yeah. is. And like, you know, because and, and even like I've had people that, that I've like potentially like almost partnered with that have said, hey man, I can come and I can raise all this money. And then uh like we, we do a little test run, and it's like, oh man, this is a lot harder. It's like because like like people that may have like a, a good Rolodex of of high net worth people from maybe another business, but but again, it's like it's like, and what I explained to them is like, they don't view you as a real estate expert. They don't view you as someone they're gonna hand 50 grand to, to go take their money. They view you as someone who does X service for them, right? And, and that's a very different, a very different thing. So so you've got to change that perception. Yeah,
1: I love it, I love it, I love it. Kent, I, I wish I can just keep talking to you, but we're, we're definitely, definitely dwelling into the, the quick round, so this is not like gonna be quick. Right ready? on, man. Yeah, quick, you ready, sir? I'm ready. All right. First question: What makes you Kent unique? What is that differentiating factor that separates you from the next guy or from the next guy?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, and and I didn't know what that was for for a long time, but but I I have received uh, the same compliment a few times in my life, and what that is is that I'm very good at taking complex topics and making them very simple to understand. And and I think that that's my superpower, right? I think that that's what allows me to, uh, like we were talking about, help remove those barriers for people, right? Remove those limiting beliefs because um, if you truly understand something, then you can explain it very simply, right? If you, if you don't truly understand something that's twin. And and like, I was a consultant. So like consultants are like masters of this, right? You just talk in circles and you use a bunch of jargon. um, And you do that because you probably, you probably don't really know it. Right. So if you can boil it down to be really simple, uh, I think that shows true mastery.
1: I love it. Second question. um, What was the last book that you read? What was the one thing that you picked up from that book?
0: Yeah. Well, I'll I'll tell you about a book that I'm I'm currently reading and it's, uh, it's called Think Again by Adam Grant. And it's, it's all about, it's all about this, this idea that like your beliefs are not, are not permanent and they're not like core to who you are. Your beliefs are, are are largely things that are formed in your formative years, right? When you're growing up and, and from your parents and teachers and friends and things, right? Like for me, that was 30 plus years ago. It's like, so should my beliefs still be the same as they were 30 years ago? Um, they shouldn't because i've learned a lot since then right your beliefs change as you continue to learn new information i just think that's a great message for like the world we're in now where, where people have drawn you know walls lines and things that kind of be divisive and separate us it's like your beliefs should change you shouldn't hold on to them uh, just because you, you feel that that it's core to who you are right they should be more fluid than that and like the last thing i'll say is there's this awesome quote in the book from ray dalio and it's like it's like if you if you can't look back every year and say man i was really stupid last year then you didn't learn very much in the past year.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. And Ray Dally is a legend. His, his book Principles is just yeah. I definitely yeah, have to. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm adding the Think Again Game book to my Amazon cart right now. Yeah, it's a bestseller on, on Amazon. So thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah. Last question. You're busy. You've got your, your deals going on. Um, you got the family, obviously. So what do you do for fun?
0: Man, I'm trying to learn how to play golf. <laughs> I. uh You and me both. You know. You and me both. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's something I picked up later in life. Like, like I, I grew up very, very blue collar. Uh, you know, we 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 were comfortable, but we were definitely kind of lower middle class right like we didn't we didn't golf on the weekends right it wasn't something that, that we did um so it's something that i've uh, you know now i'm getting too old to play basketball man too many too many of my friends are going down with like acl tears and achilles tears and all this. it's like we're too, we're too old to be out there still trying to jump around so so i'm, I'm trying to learn golf I love it. I love it. I love
1: it. Well, Kent, um, this is awesome. If somebody's listening and thinking, I want to reach out to Kent, get connected with him. What's the best way people can reach out and get to know you better?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's... There's a couple of ways. One is my website, kentritter.com It's my name really easy. That's my home base. You can access my podcast and my blog, and I've got some passive investor resources there for folks and a couple of freebie documents people can pick up uh, really all focused on multifamily investing. The next I would say is I'd love it if people would listen to my podcast. It's Ritter on Real Estate. And uh, we, we talk a lot about how to make good investing decisions and, and what are the things that you need to understand to be savvy investor. And uh, last but not least is, is social media. I'm, I'm really active on LinkedIn and Instagram. Uh, I'm on Facebook too, a little, little less active, but you can find me anywhere and uh, you know, reach out and uh, I'd be happy to talk. Thank
1: you legend. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Oh, I've had a blast, man. It's been awesome catching up.
1: You may have heard the phrase, there are a thousand ways to make a thousand dollars in real estate. Well, now you can actually tune into the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast with over a thousand, believe it, or a thousand podcasts and still going. The best real estate investing advice ever show is hosted by a very good friend of mine, Joe Fellers. Joe talks to influential thought leaders. We share the best advice ever with none of the fluff. You've got to check this stuff out. So listen and subscribe at bestevershow.com. That's bestevershow.com.